On today's episode, I'm joined by Simone Miller of Zinbelly and Jennifer Robbins of Predominantly Paleo to talk about their brand new collaborative cookbook, The New Yiddish Kitchen. On today's show, I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by a couple of truly admirable ladies, powerhouses in their own right, Simone Miller of Zinbelly blog slash catering business, an author of the Zinbelly cookbook, and then Jennifer Robbins of Predominantly Paleo, an author of both Down South Paleo and the Paleo Kids cookbook, joined up in a recent collaboration to publish the new Yiddish Kitchen cookbook. It is scheduled to release March 8th, which if you're listening to this show when it comes out on Monday, March 7th, that's tomorrow. What a really big day. I can't thank these two enough for joining me on the show, and I'm excited for you guys to hear all about their stories and this awesome new collaboration. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I've been looking forward to it all morning. (laughs) Us too. Oh, good. Um, And we finally sorted out our technical difficulties, so I feel like we're ready to take on the world. Absolutely. Totally. So I know each of you have your own story and journey that's led you to paleo um, because I stalked you thoroughly before the call. (laughs) (laughs) I've read all the details. So if you leave anything out, don't worry, I can fill it in. Um, But to start off, I would love if you would share a little bit about your story with today's uh, listeners. Sure. Well, this is Simone. Um, and my story really began in food more than in the health side of things. And I've just been in the food business for a really long time, cooking in kitchens since I was in college and always sort of resisted cooking for a living, mostly because my family's in the food business and always told me how hard it was. (laughs) Um, mostly my uncle never go into the food business, he said, and of course, I'm such a good listener. Um, so it, I resisted it, but I always loved it and worked in restaurants. And then long story short, once I wound up out in California after moving here from the East Coast, I wanted to get back into food, but I didn't want to work in a restaurant anymore. So um, I started doing personal chefing and that turned into catering. And basically as soon as I said, okay, this is it, I'm doing it, I'm starting a catering business, I got a food allergy test done to try to get to the bottom of my ongoing sort of chronic health issues and found out that I was allergic to gluten, among a bunch of other sensitivities. And that sort of threw a wrench in things because it's really hard to cater a party without gluten, or at least it was at the time. And it was sort of like the pivoting point of do I find a new career again or do I just start a gluten-free catering company and take that risk and see if it works and hope I can still afford to live doing that. And so I did the latter and um, it worked out great. And it was actually the best decision I could have made because it's needed and it's a specialty and people find me for that. And um, there might be other people who do gluten-free catering, but as far as I know, I'm the only 100% gluten-free caterer in the area. Um, which is San Francisco. And um, it's been sort of like a journey from there. And once I switched to gluten-free, I felt a lot better, but not completely better. 
and I found paleo through the nutrition school I was going to Bowman, um, which is in Berkeley. And, um, that was basically just sort of an education about all different types of ways of eating. And they have their own, which is sort of similar to paleo where it's sort of just eating real food, um, getting away from the processed stuff, but they really show you pretty much every way of eating and the pros and cons and paleo really stood out to me. And I read more about it and I read the paleo solution. And once I started eating that way, my blood sugar stabilized. I used to really be sort of crashy. Like I would, if I didn't eat in two hours, people would fear for their lives around me. I would just get completely like manic um, and feel horrible, you know, feel like I was, I couldn't get to, I'd get to the point where I was so hungry, but just like couldn't figure out how to eat because mm-hmm. I, my blood sugar was so low. And um, that really leveled me out. And now I'm not, you know, religious about eating paleo. It's the way I mostly eat, but I incorporate some grains if they're ones that I can tolerate. And I'll eat some really good gluten-free bread if it's available. And, um, you know, some ice cream <laughs> once in a while and because I tolerate dairy. But so it's sort of my own take on it. I think after doing it for so many years, I know what works for, m- for me and what doesn't. And it's definitely sort of a paleo template with like a Simone spin and that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. You know, and I feel like that's where a lot of people, they spend a couple years, you know, maybe shorter, maybe longer. Um, My learning curve I like to think is very long, Um, but I spent a few (laughs) years in it and, and the same, same things finally settled on my own version, um, which the listeners are, are used to me talking about that too. So that's really great to hear it as well. And I also didn't know that we went to the same nutrition school. I got my nutrition certification from Bowman. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. So good old Ed. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. That's a really great overview and recap. Um, and I worked in, I thought I, I knew I wanted to do something with food and something with health. I just hadn't put the two A together. Again, very long learning curve um, for a while. And I worked in a kitchen and I, it was a, one of a five-star restaurant in San Antonio and I was staging there. I learned a lot about it. And one of the things I learned was I have an unbelievable amount of respect for people who work in the food industry. That is, (laughs) it's no joke. So that's awesome. Thank you. Um, Jennifer, would love to hear your story. Oh, uh, my story. It's so long and tedious, but, um, (laughs) I, unlike Simone was, totally not in the kitchen and am still kind of a disaster in the kitchen, but, um, but I got super sick and, um, kind of over the years it was gradual. And then I had a final crash after my third baby was born. So it kind of started out slow with some anxiety, uh, panic type stuff, and then transitioned into autoimmune Hashimoto's thyroid problems. And then just kind of kept going from there. So um, after baby number three, I was already gluten-free and I felt like I was doing an okay job, but I just got really, really sick and um, became mostly bed-bound and house-bound. And I couldn't uh, drive regularly because I had so many neurological symptoms like brain swelling and migraines and fog and you name it. If it was above the neck, I probably experienced it. So 
I kept researching different ways to heal the body. I was treated for Lyme disease um, and all sorts of different things. I, I think I had over 20 diagnoses at one time um, with different specialists trying to label me with, with all kinds of stuff going on. So um, basically, I was tired of pumping a bunch of toxins into my body, and they weren't helping me um, first and foremost. If they had been, I'd probably be a little more patient with them. But I kept getting sicker and um, I decided that I needed to clean up everything about the way I was living. And I kept coming across paleo, paleo, paleo. And I thought, okay, I can do the no grains because I'm already gluten free. I felt like that was doable. And then I saw no dairy and I thought I was going to die. But I had to do it. I like I finally just said, I got to do this. If I if there's a chance for me to heal, I'll give up anything. I was desperate, and so um, that's kind of how I found it. And I I started the blog, um, predominantly paleo and secret, because I just wanted a place to kind of put recipes that I would try or make or experiment. Because I really wasn't um, given any kind of gift in the kitchen, so. I would only put the things that I really liked on there, and sometimes they were other people's recipes, um, but eventually over time I got a little more um, creative, I guess, and started having fun in the kitchen and tapped into that creative part of my brain that wanted to, I guess, create something new and different and delicious, and then I finally, two years ago, put it on social media and realized there's a lot of people out there who really are either sick and desperate for change and don't know or people who are healthy but really want to clean up their lifestyle and they're looking for alternative ways to do that. So um, that's that's where we are and I kind of have my life back. I mean, I say I'm a work in progress because I don't want to say, you know, everything's perfect all the time, um, but I am able to write books and be a full-time mom and drive a car again, so that's good. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So long, long road, but uh, way better than I once was. Yeah. And it's so inspiring. I mean, it's a story in hindsight, looking back, it seems the path can seem so clear. Um, But when you're going through it and people listening here might be going through something very similar, it can be scary. And it's nice to know you're kind of a, a lighthouse of, of, of possibility. So that's awesome. Thank you, Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, of course. So I'd love if you guys, um, I didn't include this in what I told you I was going to talk about today. Um, <laughs> surprise. Uh, <laughs> um, but could you, this, hopefully this is an easy question, but could you tell readers, either one of you, um, a little bit about the Yiddish kitchen before I start asking you other questions about it? Um, well, Jen, (laughs) (laughs) um, so Simone and I met via the paleo community online and both of us come from Jewish backgrounds and we just were chatting, like literally every day chatting about whatever. And it came up that (laughs) there was really no hub of Jewish paleo, um, recipes and we we wanted them and we were trying to figure out how to make that happen and so the more we talked about it we're like you know what we we should be the ones we need to be the ones to bring this uh to the community because who doesn't love a good bagel and i would say um like our hashtag says not just for jews 
You do not need to be Jewish to love a good bagel. And we had yet to really find one in the community. So as time went on, um, we we're like, let's do an ebook. Let's just start there. And the ebook had such um, success that we pitched it to the publisher and it got picked up and, and Yiddish Kitchen was born. So it started as Yiddish Kitchen and morphed into the new Yiddish Kitchen, um, which is what it is, <coughs> the print book. But, um, but yeah, we just felt like there was this huge void and really wanted to share some of the recipes that we grew up eating with our grandmothers who, you know, taught us to make homemade matzo ball soup or gefilte fish or whatever it was. Um, we really, we loved that heritage part of the story as well as the delicious foods that were kind of missing from the community. Totally. I can't wait to dig in. I have been... I I am going. I feel like I'm going to make just bagels upon bagels <laughs> as soon as I've got this recipe in front of me. Oh man, I really I really am excited for you, girls. It just seems like such an awesome publication, and um, I don't share the heritage, but I will gladly share in the food. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can be an honorary Jew for the food, I think. Oh, oh yes, <laughs> we, you will induct um, an honorary Jew a day. So can add you at the top of the list if you feel like you need to be on there. I would love that. I would be honored. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Okay, so I know that there's probably um, – I am not shy about saying that uh, I as perfecting paleo-friendly baked goods – I think it requires like 90% magic and 10% science. And I, you know, and I work really, really hard on the couple that I will put my name on. 80% of them don't ever actually make it online um, because they're, they're just not that great. Um, but you guys have a lot of incredible looking recipes in this book that are just beautiful. And I know that they don't come easily. It was definitely, you know, those things are a labor of love. So I'd love to know what recipe in the New Yiddish Kitchen cookbook was one of the most challenging to perfect? I would definitely say the bagels. Jen, would you agree with that? Yeah, that's yeah. up there. Mm -hmm. um, there were a few that took a lot of trials, like the rugelach, but I think the bagels for um, when Jen first said, let's do a paleo bagel, I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, no, because I'm basically a New York, like my parents were raised in New York. So I'm, I have that sort of like New York snob attitude about them where like, if it's not perfect, it's not a bagel. Like I, I find it really hard to find bagels that are good, even that aren't gluten-free. And then the gluten-free ones, I've never had one that wasn't just a fluffy roll with a hole in it, which might be the shape of a bagel, but it isn't actually a true bagel to me. So I was so sort of snobby about it. I was like, it's not possible. And of course, you know, Jen's the nicer, more optimistic one of us. <laughs> and I'm the cynical jaded one. Um, not always, but anyway. <laughs> sometimes. So, but you know, I was like, well, I really do want this to happen. I mean, we both really wanted it to happen. So we basically both locked ourselves in our kitchens, which are 3,000 miles away from each other. So it wasn't even like we could do this together. It was just all through messaging each other. And we basically started with just a traditional bagel recipe and tried to, you know, switch up the flowers until we got it right and did the real, you know, 
the regular method of boiling them first and then baking them, um, which might sound intimidating, but it's really easy. I mean, it, it doesn't take any actual skill. It's just one more step, but it really is what gives them the dense, but sort of like uh, chewy, crispy, like all the textures that you want in a bagel, you got to boil them. So um, yeah, but that one was, I don't even know how many trials that was. And then Jen figured out how to do them completely allergy friendly because the um, the original version has almond flour. Um, so she did them nightshade free and nut free. And I don't, those were definitely like 99% magic. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, so- you know, I mean, you know, those, everybody should have a bagel, but the allergen sensitive people were already asking if it was going to be in there. And I'm like, I don't know how, but we, we've got to at least give it a go. And so they're not bad, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty decent bagels um, for considering how many things are missing out of them um, (laughs) that they, uh, they do the job. So, yeah. That's incredible. Man, that is a feat for sure. Dear diary. (laughs) (laughs) That was a, that was a long few, I I don't know, maybe a couple weeks that we were, and you know what? We probably would have gotten divorced, Simone, if we had been in the same kitchen. So (laughs) that we spin, we spin it apart. And also, you know, the, um, the babka was hard too. Oh yeah. That was a tricky one. Um, that's the chocolate, uh, filled bread and it's yeah that was a little I would that say like bakes you. in general are always a little more challenging but between her rugula our bagels and my babka we um we grew a few extra grace <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well those are going to be the first ones I try and I will <laughs> I'll sing your praises again that's so fun <laughs> Okay, so now I'm curious, you know, you girls have put a lot of work into publishing awesome recipes on your blog and across your several cookbooks, um, but I like to ask people that come on this show, what do you make for dinner? Like, what is, what's a dinner that you turn to most often, whether it's a recipe or a, you know, a non-recipe kind of meal, which I tend to lean on a lot? Um, yeah, I do a lot of non-recipes personally. I sort of only follow them if it's something that's a baked good and needs the exact measurements. But um, I would say I do a lot of stir fries. I just marinate meat and then, you know, stir fry some veggies and add the meat and the sauce and do that. And then I also, I think my probably most go-to is like just roasted or pan-roasted chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. It's so boring, but they're so simple and good. And I can get them at the store near my house and don't have to go far. Um, and there, I just sort of, usually I just do either a whole chicken cut up or, um, chicken thighs, depending on what I've got. And I just sort of start it in the pan and add things. Like one of my favorites is bacon and apples and white wine and just throw that in the oven. And it's super simple, but the flavors are really, are really great without really putting in much effort. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. Jennifer, what's your go-to? Well, I'm kind of lazy, especially when I'm writing recipes for books, which seems to be for the past two years straight. So um, (laughs) when it comes time for dinner, if I'm like, if it's like a dessert writing day, then I 
choose not to feed that to my family for dinner. So I will try to give them something that actually has some sort of nutrient in it. And um, and so I kind of go to like one pot meals. Like I love making soup and everything soup on the blog is kind of, I mean, it is a recipe, but it doesn't have to be a recipe because you can put whatever veggies you have. But it's just a combination of um, beef broth and ground beef and sweet potatoes and onions and zucchini and carrots and kind of anything that you might have um, already stocked in your fridge. And the kids like it and it fills them up. Um, and I can make from one pound of beef, I can serve each person twice with it because I bulk it up with veggies. So it's... Um, it's it's easy and it's a great weeknight type of thing and um and you know the fact that the kids will actually eat it is huge so um yeah that's that's one of my go tos just because I can always find some combination of meat and veggies and put it in a pot and call it a meal that's awesome you know I um I now that I've announced it I can talk about it but I'm writing a cookbook that's coming out this summer Yay. and yeah I'm so excited for that oh it's you. Thank you. I'm pumped. I'm as much <laughs> excited as I am uh, absolutely terrified. Um, but That's normal. Is that That's normal? right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whew. <laughs> um, and I, uh, you know, I know a lot of people when they work on a cookbook, it's just an incredible amount of food that you're making. And a lot of people like to give their food away. Well, I have this polar bear that I live with and his <laughs> hair, he's a, not a, he's actually a dog, but, um, his hair floats around and I'm always afraid that there's going to be some hair in something. So I'm afraid to give his food away. And so instead we can't possibly eat it. So I froze as much as I could. We have a giant deep freeze and I've just been living off of these frozen meals that I made from the book for the last couple months, literally months off of this wow. stuff. But, um, my favorite meals have been just the soup, like my soup chapter, um, just think talking about your soup, Jennifer, like it is just, I have a beef soup that's coming out in there. And as soon as I'm done with all the frozen stuff, I'm just going to have to go make a fresh batch because it's so satisfying and healthy and it really does, it goes a long way. Yes, definitely. So that's awesome. Okay. Another question. Um, so a lot of bloggers and also people who are, are aspiring authors, I get that a lot. People really do want to write a book one day and share their own story and experiences and work. Um, listen to the show and you two are, you know, Wonder Woman in your own right. And so I would love for you to share if, a, if one thing comes to mind, a piece of advice that you would give to someone who's looking to start um, and really pursue their own business? Hmm. Well, I feel like I want to say do what you love, but that's just so cliche, <laughs> not that groundbreaking. But um, I think whatever your passion is to sort of find the you in there and figure out what it is about you mixed with that passion is what you want to bring to the world or, or not bring to the world. It depends, I guess it depends <laughs> on business. <laughs> um, but really figure out, not compare yourself to other people, which has always been the hardest part for me. So I think it's what stands out for me as I look at what everyone else is doing. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, or I don't know if that's me. Or I think what's really worked is when I've just done me, which has always been a challenge. Um, and, 
Yeah. I mean, just sort of do it. I mean, I, like Jen said, she started her blog as a secret and now, and that was, it's only been two years since it's been in the world and it's, it's huge. I mean, like a lot of people know about it. And for me, I, I started it just sort of as an offshoot to my catering site just to get content on there really. And I wasn't ever planning on being a blogger, but that sort of just organically happened. So just, I mean, I think it's really good to sort of be flexible with what you're doing and um, sort of see where it takes you. That's awesome advice. That's probably not helpful at all. No, that's great (laughs) advice. I mean, I feel like I needed to hear that today. Um, (laughs) No, I think that's really great advice because it is so easy. I struggle with that too, um, trying to compare and, you know, and it's not, it doesn't come out of jealousy, but out of, you know, Ooh, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. Um, yeah, I totally hear that. And I think that's good to hear because that sometimes can scare people off if they can't visualize what it's supposed to look like. Um, then they're afraid to take the first step. So just go be yourself. I think that's great advice. Um, Jennifer, what's your advice? I know you've got a good one up your sleeve. Oh, do I? Uh <laughs> Um, I would say that if there's something that you really love or you really have a vision for to network as much as you can with people who have come before you, not necessarily to borrow ideas from, but to help with experience. So if you have zero experience, It's nice to learn from people who do have experience. So even if you're just starting a blog, I remember when I first started meeting a few um, a few local bloggers like Paleo Parents, and she's like, "Well, you have to do this to do this," and I'm like, "Oh, I do have to do that." Like it was something I hadn't even considered or thought of, and um, and so Stacy really kind of took me under her wing, and I realized that it's really great when somebody who has done the work can kind of point you in the right direction, how to do it, because nobody has to be an island, you know? Um, And I find that even as Simone and I are launching our book or when I launched my first one, it really, it takes a village to support each other. And, um, and there's, and there's enough of the pie to go around, which is another thing Stacy had said, which was really nice. You know, everybody can benefit and everybody can be a huge raging success. So it's great to seek support in others who have something helpful, um, to share and pass along. And also to be one of the ones sharing and supporting, um, when it's your turn to do that as well. So I think it, it works both ways, you know, once you have finally kind of, uh, planted your feet on the ground and you you're figuring out what to do you can pass those tips along to somebody who's who's newer and just starting out as well that's awesome advice that really I think that's pivotal um, it's a pivotal realization for people who to really hit the ground running um, I am constantly asking for advice and a lot of times I don't hear back from people and that's okay <laughs> you have to grow with thick skin um, and yeah. Uh, but for the most part, and Stacy is a really good example. She's tremendously giving in that in that area. Um, but I think that that's great, and I I want to reiterate that. Reach out to people. Email me. You know, I'm always available for listeners here. Um, I might not get back to you right away, but it will. I'm here to help. Yeah, for sure. Awesome advice, ladies. Okay, I think we have time for one last question, um, and it's a little one, but. 
<laughs> maybe it's not a little one. What is your favorite part of your job across all the all the jobs that you do? <laughs> what is your favorite part? I know, like which one? <laughs> um, honestly, I've always sort of thought that my actual job was catering and now I'm not so sure about that anymore. So I do love feeding people. Um, but I'm starting to get more into the, I'm starting to move a little bit away from that actually and into personal chefing. And so I've been concentrating more on the blog and honestly, I think my favorite thing is recreating recipes. Honestly, I think that's where I get the most satisfaction and I'm not sure if that's mostly because or partially because I get to work from home because <laughs> I do love that. But um, I really love, like, so as the bagel example, that was a collaboration. And I love taking, um, sort of seeing the end goal and saying, okay, I want it to be just like this and just figuring it out. And then the satisfaction that comes from getting, like, paleo pizza crust that I can actually feel good about serving to my catering clients that they won't, you know, they're not paleo necessarily at the party. Um really getting the recipes exactly how I want them is super fun. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Um, I, that there is like a secret, there's a very special joy that comes out of giving somebody something that's paleo friendly and them having no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's why I still do love catering because the host might be paleo or gluten free, but, and they're always worried, mm -hmm. you know, like, Oh, but most of my guests won't be, are they going to, and I'm like, no, they're not going to know. Trust me. Like, They'll have no idea. <laughs> and they don't. I mean, most of the time I see people jumping up and down because there's like a gluten-free guest at the party who doesn't know and then they find out they can actually eat everything and they're so excited. So that's, awesome. um, that's pretty fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> Jennifer, what's your favorite part of your jobs? <laughs> um, I So my background or education or whatever is in, um, is in psychology and I kind of thought that was – the direction I was going and then I didn't ever but I feel like connecting with people and really helping them navigate especially if there's an illness or if they have a child with chronic illness or something like that when I get messages from people who are like oh my gosh I made such and such and my kid was so happy or my husband was so happy or we feel like we're having bread for the first time in six years or whatever it is, um, that really makes me feel so good because I, you know, I don't think anybody should have to be without. And, and I really hate when kids have to go without because it's so much harder for them to understand why they can't be like their friends or whatever the case may be. So when I get feedback, positive feedback, not so much the negative feedback, that's not as rewarding. Um, <laughs> but when I get positive feedback from, from readers who are like, you've made a difference in my life in some capacity, that's, that really feels big to me. And it reminds me why I want to keep doing it. And it reminds me why I'm willing to tolerate the other ones who are not so nice. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think it's the, the people aspect. I like the cooking part, but I like the, uh, the making a difference part when I'm able to do that. That's awesome. It's the interaction. You know, my sister told me recently that my sis, one of my sisters is a Texas country music singer and awesome. <clears throat> yeah, she's, she's great. She's killing it. Kimberly Dunn is her stage name. Um, 
she's very incognito, <laughs> but Love it. she, uh, she told me once recently, I was just kind of having, working on the book. I mean, you really do feel like you're on a whole all by yourself, um, you know, working on this thing and you don't get any feedback. And I was telling her how excited I was about doing the tour. Like, I mean, that's my, that's my lighthouse right now, what I'm trying to work towards so I can get out and talk to people. Um, but she was like, you know, I can't imagine what kind of, determination it takes to keep working on things but you don't get regular feedback you know she goes to a show and she plays in front of these people and several times a week they're applauding and they're telling her how great it was Um, but online you know it's usually most of the feedback we get is you know the squeaky wheel right Um, (laughs) you know sometimes the negative stuff and every once in a while we get that just gold star of a very sweet, nice note, a review, and it really helps fuel our fire. So just to your point, um, and I like to encourage people to give good feedback when you've got good feedback to give. Yeah, yeah. we like it. Yeah, <laughs> it we do. A we lot. like it <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. like a lot. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, ladies. Well, I can't thank you enough for joining me on the show. I had a lot of fun. Um, and just to recap, you guys, remember you can find Simone at zinbelly.com. I think it's zinbelly.com. Yeah. I pulled it up. Okay. Zinbelly.com. Um, her catering business is in the Bay area. Um, so that's where she's located at. And then Jennifer at predominantly paleo, and I'm going to link up to all of their books. So you'll be able to just click them right away from the show notes, make it super easy for you guys. So ladies, thank you again so much for joining me. Congratulations on another amazing accomplishment. I can't wait to dig into the new Yiddish kitchen and applaud you along the way oh thanks so much for having us it was fun talking to you oh likewise likewise okay well have fun with this book release roller coaster and i'll i'm here for you too too thank you (laughs) thank you bye girls Bye. bye